Welcome to the Action Sports Jacks Pylon Podcast with Brent Martineau and Dan Hicken. And oh my, what a lot to talk about here as we head into a weekend where the Jags have a big December coming up. They'll play the Colts here at home three-game home stand for the Jags, still in first place but tied now in the AFC South. We have a new coach in Gainesville, and in probably minutes or moments or days, we'll have a new coach in Tallahassee as well. Having fun yet, Dan? Happy holidays. Hope your Thanksgiving was good. It was great. Thank you very much. Uh, Better for me than for the Jaguars, who let one get away in Arizona and now have to try to turn things around and go get a W, must get a W against the Indianapolis Colts. Yeah, I think this uh, loss didn't bother me too much. Because, first of all, you're not going to win them all in the NFL. This team is not probably good enough to sit here and say you're going to roll off 10 wins to finish the season uh, and then head into the postseason. It can happen, but I didn't think it was likely to happen. And this was probably on the horizon if you looked at the San Diego or L.A. Chargers game uh, and then the Cleveland game. They, they really didn't play good football in those games and still won. And I didn't think they played a good football game on Sunday in Arizona. And they still had a chance. I think that says a lot about this team, that they still have a chance to win even when they don't play well. Uh, but they have to play better football in December. It's time to kind of figure a couple things out offensively. Offense is struggling. I think, is it five touchdowns in four games, something like that? It's just uh, not good. They can't run the ball. Uh, Leonard's banged up. Offensive line's banged up. And they are a ground team. They have to be able to run the ball to be successful. And, look, you're not asking – Leonard Fournette, when he was running well, he'd hit the hole – There wouldn't be much of a hole, but he'd still push it two, three, four yards. He's going down now on the first contact, and that second and ten is a lot harder for this offense that's challenged than second and seven. I think he has played better defenses the last few weeks against the run. Um, And they're going to try and take it away. And they now are just so locked in. There's a book on the Jags, right? But I think your point's dead on, too. I mean, he's not completely right the way it was the first six weeks because I haven't seen him break a tackle. Right, probably the last three weeks. And that's very unusual for Leonard Fournette. So uh, hopefully he gets right, hits a new level. And then I think all this comes back to somebody's got to make a play on offense. The only guy that made a play and then didn't make a play was Blake Bortles, I thought, on Sunday. And he did it mostly with his legs. Uh, But Blake Bortles has a chance now in this month of December, I think, to win over a lot of people and really elevate his game. Does he have the ability to do it? I don't know. I think most people would say no. Right. But – this is the time to do it if you're going to do it. The end of your fourth year, the end of your initial contract. Uh, can you have a huge December and bring this team into the postseason? And I'm not saying throw for 350 and four touchdowns every day like Tom Brady and Phillip Rivers sometimes have to do. I'm talking about let's play good, consistent, smart football and gutty football and gritty football. And uh, he can do that, I believe. He's shown signs of that throughout the course of the year. But this is the time to lift up the game. Yeah, I, there's not a lot of expectation around him. No. Um, but you I, can do it. I think they should continue to try to run him. Uh, he's very good at it, much better than people think. Um, he had 65 yards, I think, against Arizona. I think you have to do that, especially when the offense is struggling. I know there's a fine line. I asked Hackett about it last week. He said, you know, he takes a lot of shots in the pocket, too. He's a t- one, thing I, one thing I'll say about Blake, he is a tough kid, man. I went back and watched a lot of the Arizona – Jacksonville game on the Jags Wired program on, on Fox 30 on Tuesday nights, which, by the way, is pretty cool because, you know, everybody's mic'd up and you're listening. And, I mean, he's a tough kid. He didn't play terribly. He just is what he is. You know, if he didn't have that one pick, might have been a different script and we might have been all been happy. Yeah, that's really the problem I have with Blake right now is those end-of-the-game situations. Right. I think you know what he is through the first 58 minutes or so, mm-hmm. 55 minutes. But in the end of the game, 
the Chargers game, the two interceptions. This one, he hasn't shown the ability to be clutch, and that's when your quarterback needs to be clutch. You could say he had a terrible game against the Jets, made a clutch throw, and Mark Easley dropped it in overtime, right. and that could have won you the game. Uh, but he needs to deliver. That's what quarterbacks do. They deliver in those situations. That being said, guys have to make plays because I continue to think he's throwing the deep ball very well. I mean, he's putting the ball in those guys' hands, and they are not making plays. And listen, they don't have the resumes to make plays. Keelan Cole, D.D. Westbrook's very new at this. It's just his third game coming up. Marquise Lee has had a history of drops, has not proven to be a number one or even maybe a number two wide receiver. So uh, it, the bottom line, that's what they have. And so if they are going to win football games and be – a threat in the postseason, those guys have to start picking up the game. Tom Coughlin once told me it's, it's called playing above the X's and O's. Yeah. And you got a problem when, to me, the best receiver on the field looked like it was D.D. Westbrook, who's playing in the second game. That's a good thing for the future, but for right now it's not. Uh, Marquise Lee was totally bottled up by Patrick Peterson, and they sort of knew he would be. Uh, but the drops, the you know, if the ball's around, you catch it. You have to catch. You have to help out Bortles. He's not the best quarterback in the world. Uh, running backs, you got to help out Bortles. Um, Blake's really the only one who played above the X's and O's with some escapability and some runs, et cetera. The offensive line is struggling. They didn't have a good game. Cam's kind of hit a wall. Mm-hmm. He's not playing nearly as well. Also from what not 100%. The, yeah, yeah, from what the people tell me. I, I don't watch the tackle, but I'm being – well, he was blocking Chandler Jones, right? Yeah, he or he's Chandler trying Jones to. Chandler Jones had a big day. Yeah, so, so – uh, there's a lot of work to be done. And also, for the first time in a long time, some defensive gaffes. Yeah. Stuff we haven't seen before from the defense. Um, getting beat deep. Miscommunication when Telvin went out and Lorente McRae came in and a touchdown pass to the tight end. And then, worst thing, worse, not covering the sideline quite well enough at the end of the game, which allowed them to kick the winning field goal. Yeah, where does there was a slip on that play? I yeah, Miles slipped, Jack, yeah. Right? But, but there uh, was another one before that, too. Right before that, uh, yeah. Well, so let's see. We'll see what happens. Hey, if you're going to get right on offense, Indianapolis is a good team. They Better do, do it, it now. They're, like, worse in the league in yards given up. 518 the last time these two teams played. It was a dominating performance. Without Leonard Fournette. And that was without Fournette. Yeah. So, uh, I think at least – the remedy is good on Sunday. Got to have the it, Jags. Got to have it. Uh, let's get one more NFL topic and in, in how it could impact the Jags, the Eli Manning stuff. Yeah. What a wild story this week in the NFL. I mean, you just don't see a future Hall of Famer get benched, a, a two-time Super Bowl champ get benched. Uh, that was shocking, stunning, first of all, just at the news in New York, and I think everybody's seen that now and kind of knows what it is. But seriously, how does it impact the Jags going forward? Because this is more than tea leaves. I mean, there are dots here that connect. Tom Coughlin absolutely raved about him, said he was upset about it, and then usually he would not comment on something like that, but it shows you how he feels about Eli Manning. Uh, Eli will be 37 next year. Uh, You can't talk about this year because he hasn't even been cut, and he probably won't be cut. But next year, you have guys like Alex Smith, Kirk Cousins, you have Eli Manning, you have Draft. He's another guy that gets thrown into the equation that potentially could be here in Jacksonville, has not played tremendous football the last few years, getting older, has really no escapability or mobility. But, boy, did the uh, dots connect to potentially land him down here in 2018. I think it's fair to say he will be vetted. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um, A word we've used a lot in coaching. I'm not sure how much you have to vet him either. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, 14 touchdowns, 7 picks this year, 62% of his passes. The Giants' failures are not his fault. Um, He's statistically not great, but, boy, he's great in the big times. And he's been great in the big times. And, you know, he's. I really wish the Jags had been able to swing a deal for him this year and have him for this year and next year because I really 
he is getting older. He's not the same. You can see him, that class, him and Roethlisberger winding down, although Phillip's playing excellent football right now. Um, it'll be interesting to see what – but he definitely factors into the – into the decision making for next year. Well, here's the deal. Either way, this one. But so too, he might factor in in Denver. He might he factor could. in in Arizona. He could factor in in Buffalo. So yeah, and and but here's the deal. I think people have to keep this in mind. I get the resume. The resume is mm-hmm. listen. If you could say right now, if you put Eli Manning, Joe Flacco, and and Blake Bortles on a list, I mean, obviously you take either one of those guys over Blake Bortles given the resume and everything. But I will say all three of those guys at times have struggled here in 2017 because they have the same problems when they have struggled. They can't run the football. Their offensive line isn't as strong. And they don't have guys making plays and catching the football. So uh, when they have struggled in 2017, those three quarterbacks, even the guys with Super Bowl rings, Mm -hmm. it's because they don't have parts. And so I think what the Jags need to do, regardless of the QB, is make sure they solidify their receiving position in the offseason, beef up the offensive line, and then add a backup at least to Leonard Fournette. I think those things are just as glaring as the quarterback situation now in Jacksonville moving forward and ahead. And always remember, win today. So if you want that young quarterback, Baker Mayfield, or whatever, you're better off with the veteran guy at least for the next year or two, I would think, here in Jacksonville. Yeah, it'll uh, be interesting to see how they handle the offseason, but it's fun to be talking about important football in December. Yeah, and not really. This is the first time we've talked 2018. <laughs> it's no, like late November, early December, yeah. so that's a good thing. All right, uh, real quick, the college stuff. Yeah, crazy, uh, crazy, you, crazy. What a crazy. Sunday that was. It was an it was just a remarkable Sunday. I think social media has now helped us out. Uh, the Tennessee thing is a disaster. Oh, my goodness. Oh, a dumpster fire of all dumpster fires. I'm not sure we've ever seen anything like what happened there. People know about it. It is what it is. But it could be, unless they get somebody to absolutely save them from a for, as this next head coach, they could be on a downswing for years to come because of what just transpired this past week. And in a lot of ways, nobody to blame but themselves. Yeah. Nobody to blame but themselves. I thought they would have been from administration f- to fan base, really. Correct, and it's a it's a disaster. It's been handled so incompetently. I'm just curious to see how they try to pick up the pieces. Our latest is Dave Doran turning them down. Yep. Dave Doran, wow, at NC State, who's 15 and 25 in the ACC, and might only stay at NC State for three million a year. 33 and 30 overall. But I think any head coach worth his salt would not and should not go to Tennessee. You're going to – the guy who's hiring you might be gone in a month. Mm-hmm. The chancellor might be gone. It's a mess. The program's already upside down. I don't. I, why would you want to go there? I mean, I think their best bet is to find a guy with Tennessee ties, and T. Martin might be that guy. It seems like they're down to that guy. I don't know who else they can get, quite frankly. Yeah, essentially, uh, Tennessee – isn't he, hasn't been good in two decades anyway. Yeah. I mean, it feels like it. I mean, I know a little up and down sure. here and there, but uh, they really haven't been that good. Uh, Mullen, you know what? I think more and more people like the Dan Mullen hire. Yeah. I mean, I'm not sure. Two weeks ago, they would have said, eh. Yeah. Well, you know what? As the way this thing turned out, I think the Gators got a little fortunate at how this whole thing worked out, and it was understood by the fan base. And I think this is almost, Dan, a perfect marriage uh, my only question about Mullen is can he win big? And you know what? Before he wins big, he has to score a lot of points, and I think he can do that. He'll score points and he'll find a quarterback, and that will be joyful to Florida Gator fans. I, You know, when you told me Dan Mullen, uh, if anybody said to me Dan Mullen, my initial reaction is, eh. As a fan, you try to find the reasons to get excited, and there are reasons to get excited. When he was at Florida with Urban, he had the number one offense in the SEC for four straight years, 36 points a game. 
Florida hasn't been that close to that in, since he left. So, and I can remember the year he left, and Adazio took over, and that was Timmy's senior year, and the offense wasn't nearly as good. So Mullen does have an understanding of offense. He has an understanding of quarterbacks. He will improve both at Florida, which should make them a better football team by leaps and bounds. He understands Florida. He understands the Gator way. He understands the Gator Nation. He um, had all the right answers at the press conference. He jumped out into recruiting right away, which you always like to see. Some good stuff happening. Yeah, and I, I just think he's so enthusiastic about being there. I think that right. translates very and well. And I think Scott Strickland, too, Brent, wanted get some stability. I think Scott Strickland was honest with himself and said the program isn't what people think it is. And yeah. I think arrogance at Florida has gotten them into a little bit of trouble in the last 10 years. And I think Scott Strickland is the calming factor. And he said we need a guy who's going to come in here who will be excited to be here and who wants to be here for a decade. How about this? This could be the best week, and he might be here for more than a decade, yeah. really, Dan Mullen. But yeah. uh, this might be the best week in Florida football since 2009 <laughs> because not only what's happening in Gainesville, yeah. and they feel like they solidified their spot, and now they have a little momentum because you always do when you hire a coach. Right. And then how about Tallahassee? Ooh. Looks like they're about to lose Jimbo Fisher. We'll update this podcast in the next couple of days. Sure. And by then, he will probably have accepted the Texas A&M 99. job 99.9% gone. And uh, they will be looking at Willie Taggart as their top choice. We're about to see change. And what's incredible really is the first time they've had to look for a coach, and it could go real quick, in what, four decades or something? I think that Jimbo won't coach Saturday. I think Odell Hagens will be the interim coach. I think Willie Taggart will be introduced by Monday as the new coach, but beyond all that, in a lot of ways like Florida, two weeks ago to right now, you're scratching your head going, what happened? Yeah, how did this happen so what fast? Happened? Right? And you want to talk about a fan base turning on a coach who has won you a national title. That occurred in Tallahassee, and it it's interesting how that all went down and he didn't do himself any favors. Um, but I understand Florida State, college football fans are passionate. It's probably the most passionate sport there is. And they want their coach to show you how much he loves being there. And they darn sure don't want their coach flirting with a different school every single year. Yeah. Which he did for the last three years. Does it feel, uh, let's wrap this up, but yeah. it feels a little bit like Urban Meyer to me. Urban Meyer wins two national championships yeah. and they were just, he was vilified walking out the door. And I get it how yeah. it happened. Right. But it almost in that sense, you feel like you'd have this love and appreciation for a guy that won you titles and yeah. championships. And that's what Jimbo did, man. He followed a yeah. legend in yeah. Bobby Bowden and he won a championship and went to a final four the next year. Yeah. And they've won football games and they're always in the top in recruiting. Yet it feels like he's going to get basically kicked out the door and say, don't come back to tally, Jimbo. I think if Jimbo wanted to save it, he could have saved it. I think for whatever reasons, and it'll be interesting to hear what he says, in the end he wanted to go yeah. to Texas A&M. I don't think it's necessarily all the money. I always call him Little Nick, and I think Texas A&M will allow him to be Little Nick Saban. Yeah. He'll, they'll give him whatever he wants. They already have their standalone football facility, which if you haven't seen it on on YouTube is take a look. It's it's magnificent. They have more donor money than anybody in the country. Um, they'll let Planes him and choppers and anything you want. Let him spend as much on his assistance as he wants. You know who they play though in the first four weeks next year? Clemson and Alabama. <laughs> have Good fun. Luck. Good luck. Uh, <laughs> Good luck. Uh, by the way, 
uh, just to wrap this up, mm-hmm. I'm so tired of the standalone football facility talk in college I know. football. I mean, I know. You cannot tell me that wins national championships in football games. We've come to that point where a building is oh. responsible for national championships. Texas A&M is a perfect example. How many have they won? <laughs> you know, but I almost wonder this, Brent, and I, it's amazing to me. What if you <laughs> you went and built? And they're unbelievable. The Clemson one is unbelievable. They too. are. I mean, I get what it. What if you went and wise, built this standalone football facility included with your athletic dorms and, and like we were saying, let's put a moat around it in Gainesville, fill it with gators to keep all the uh, other riffraff student athletes away? <laughs> it's out of control. It really and is. And so are the coaches' salaries. It's um, it's. It's embarrassing. Yeah, it's a weird time in college football, and I'm not sure it's a healthy time. I don't know. I don't think so, but uh, it is what it is. That my being friend. said, we got a lot of tournament championships to be won Saturday. We'll talk more about it on Sunday with the Jags playing at Everbank and yeah. all the coaching news and really what's about to happen in college football in the Final Four because that will come uh, crystal clear uh, and bowl games as well uh, over the weekend. Thanks for joining us here on the Action Sports Jacks Pile On podcast. A lot to pile on to here this week with Brent and Dan.